Listener Production. US stocks plunge as the Fitch credit rating agency downgrades US government debt. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Thursday ahead of trade and services activity data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 3rd of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's been a while since we've had a credit downgrade of a leading sovereign. And today, that's what's colouring the landscape. The Fitch Credit Rating Agency, a bit sniffy on US government debt. Indeed, Tom. Fitch downgraded the US government's credit rating on Tuesday night to AA plus from AAA on Tuesday, citing expected fiscal deterioration over the next three years, as well as growing debt. And remember, Australia is one of the few countries in the world now with the AAA credit rating. I think there's 10 in total. Credit ratings are sometimes less important and sometimes they are extremely important, particularly when it comes to investment mandates that Uh, some funds have. So there are groups of investors who, as a part of their investment mandate, can only hold AAA-rated government debt. So when that landscape shifts somewhat, a fund will have to go in there and weed out whatever's not AAA, uh, in this case, US Treasuries, and um, throw a few overboard to get in line with the mandate. And so that's what tends to unsettle the waters when it comes to this type of an event, and it affects a whole bunch of markets. And the response on the part of money managers is like, we'll just take a cautious approach to this, wait for the dust to settle, and then we'll move on. Well, certainly I also saw it as an opportunity for investors to take some profits on those recent gains we have seen in markets, particularly in July. But importantly, if you look at the downgrade it should have little direct impact on financial markets, although it has today. Big picture, yes. But, but like in the immediate term, there's like in the immediate quite, quite term, a bit of volatility. Absolutely. Some risk-off numbers there today without question. But it's unlikely there are major holders of Treasury securities who would be forced to sell based on the ratings change. And that's the view of Goldman Sachs. We've looked at this quite closely. And if you look at Fitch's projections... It shows or implies a federal deficit of around 6% of GDP over the next few years. So while Fitch has come out and basically said that it hasn't really enjoyed the imbroglio on Capitol Hill that we saw a few months ago, let's recall there that we had the debt ceiling standoff and we had the potential for a default in June. And then, of course, we got the can kick down the road again on that one. Certainly... There has been an increase in government debt over the course of the pandemic with all that spending taking place. And the Biden administration has also been increasing spending on new initiatives around green energy. So free spending, democratic mindset that investors often get worried about. I think it's important to put things in perspective. So this is the first downgrade of its kind since 1994 from Fitch. Fitch's fellow ratings agency S&P downgraded the US sovereign rating in 2011. And, of course, at that time, it did have a meaningful impact on both equity and treasury markets. But let's bear in mind that at that time and afterwards, the S&P 500 recovered 15% over the following 12 months. Indeed. So just quickly, let's reflect on the way the prices have moved this session. In the US, the Dow fell by a percent, the S&P 500 down 1.5%, and the NASDAQ down by around 2.2%. Uh, the important thing to look at is what has happened when it comes to U.S. Treasury yields. So 
The interesting thing, this is what I find fascinating, Ryan, and under these sorts of circumstances, you'll have the US bonds sell off. That has the impact of dragging the US dollar higher because of those higher yields. But there's also this perverse flight to quality under these circumstances, which sees money drawn towards the US dollar, which is kind of a little bit counterintuitive, if you know what I mean. Well, certainly a safe haven bid for the US dollar overnight, and that's reflecting the Aussie dollar, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I'll just quickly run through those bond yields. So two-year yields actually fell by two basis points, Uh, 10 years up by four basis points, uh, 20 years up by six basis points, and 30 year up by around seven basis points. So it's your longer dated maturities that tend to be impacted by this type of event when it comes to bonds in general. Well, there's a few things going on. So apart from the downgrade of the US's credit rating by Fitch, we also saw an announcement of refunding of the US government's maturing debt. So in English, what that means is that the US Treasury has announced an offering of $103 billion in treasuries to refund roughly $84 billion in treasury notes due on August 15. So what we're seeing is an increasing issuance of debt in an environment where the US- There's already upward pressure on bond yields. That's it. And that had a big impact on the 10-year. So the 10-year rose, as you mentioned, by three basis points to 4.07%, but I would add it got to 4.1% at one stage, which was a nine-month high. And of course, we'll talk about the impact on tech shares in a minute. But the other thing to note in terms of the two-year, so it fell, as you mentioned, by three basis points to 4.88%. And the reason for that is we saw the ADP National Employment Report come out. So that looks at private job creation. 324,000 jobs were added in the month of July, which was stronger than expected. Punchy. Economists were expecting 190,000. It also showed a 6.2% rise year over year in annual private sector pay, which is incredibly strong. But the data served as a reassuring sign for investors, but not as a definitive indicator where the US Federal Reserve would pause or hike rates one more time this year. So that's why the two-year was actually down. Indeed. So let's just uh, quickly reflect on some of the fortunes of the uh, stock universe in the US. Interestingly, Ryan, uh, amongst the sectors that rose, there were only a couple and insurers were uh, in that group. So what happens under these circumstances is that insurers are holders of bonds because uh, that's what they tend to do with the premiums that get paid to them. They invest them in the bond market and they tend to benefit uh, from higher yields because they get a higher return on that cash that's invested in, in government bonds. Great point, Tom. Yeah, but other than that, it was a bit of a scorched earth it was slim pickings and the rate-sensitive mega-cap stocks took it in the neck. So Tesla, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms and Apple shares all fell by up to around 5% as that 10-year Treasury note rose to its highest level in nearly nine months. And even advanced micro devices shed around 7% and its earnings results were better than expected. Yeah, that stock has been white hot on the back of the whole AI thrust Uh, So the other thing worth pointing out in terms of the way that the universe has been impacted by these rising bond yields uh, that, as I said, has pushed the US dollar higher. And in turn, that has tended to put downward pressure on commodity prices. So we've seen commodity prices ease across the board. You know, oil, which was actually on quite a decent march higher, is down by around 2% this session. You've got gold prices down by about a half of 1%. So 
again, that strength of the US dollar is going to be a pretty firm headwind when it comes to commodity prices at the moment. Just on oil, the surprising aspect of this, of course, the risk-off environment led to a sell-off in oil. But what we did see last week was US crude inventories fall by 17 million barrels. That's the largest drop in crude stocks, according to records dating back to 1982. So certainly it appears that demand for crude oil in the Northern Hemisphere driving season is strong. The risk-off environment really just offset that news. So typically we would have seen the oil price lift apart from that. Of course, gold futures were under pressure with rising bond yields down 0.2% to 1975 US dollars an ounce. I did mention the oil price. It was at 79.49 US dollars a barrel. Iron ore futures were down 0.8% to 107.41 US dollars a tonne on the back of concerns around Chinese factory data and also the property sector malaise there. But just going back quickly, Tom, to those bond yields, what we did see last night, and quite importantly, was a steeper yield curve in the United States. So what that represents, rates on longer-term bonds rising faster than rates on short-term maturity. So the Obviously, the 10-year was up and the two-year was down. And whenever the US curve has steepened in a significant way from an inverted position, which it has been for the last wee while on the back of concerns about a recession, it's been followed by a meaningful drop in the equity market. So Indeed. that's something to look out for. Yes. Well, look, the yield curve is always examined um, very closely in terms of its shape and the differences between um, short and long-term bond yields. And the thing is, you've had that relationship perverted by quantitative easing for a long time. So there's a little bit of uh, caution that you need to use when applying those principles that have historically held up. But let's just quickly reflect on what happened in Europe, Ryan, because there were some pretty pronounced declines for European stocks as well, reflecting the sentiment that uh, pervaded Wall Street. So in London, the market was down by 1.4%. The French index was down by 1.3%. The German DAX was down 1.4%. The Stocks 600 index, which is the broader measure of European stock performance, was down by 1.4%. The sell-off, uh, actually, you saw uh, German bond yields actually fall on the back of that. So uh, two-year uh, bonds were down by about four basis points and 10-year bonds down by about two basis points. Well, we did see a continuation of European shares being under pressure on the back of the US credit rating downgrade, Tom, and mining stocks fell the most. They were down 2.7%, and they have a big impact, particularly on the FTSE 100 index in London, which slid by 1.4%. So broad-based sell-off that took place there. And of course, tonight, we've got the Bank of England handing down its Indeed. interest rate decision. And the expectation there is that they will lift interest rates by 25 basis points. There is a risk that they may do 50 again, but we did see an important development in the last few weeks. June's 7.9% inflation print means the Bank of England's target measure is back in line with its May forecast. So inflation remains very high in Britain at the moment, but it is improving around the forecast level and they may do 25 on the back of that. Indeed. So let's just quickly preview what's going to happen locally. Local spy futures down by a pretty decent clip at the moment, down by around 0.8 of a percent. Ryan, what stands out to me is how the Aussie dollar has gone from rooster to feather duster in about five minutes. So last week, the currency was above 68 US cents, uh, trading towards 68.2, uh, as we find it this morning, 65 and a half US cents. So it has been nobbled by the Dovish Reserve Bank. It has been nobbled by this move to 
uh, quality in terms of the US dollar being sought out with this credit downgrade. Not a great day if you're a long Aussie. And also, which we all are, I suppose. Oh, that iron ore prices have been under pressure as well in yep. the last few days, which never helps the Aussie dollar. So certainly those overseas holidays are becoming more expensive, unfortunately, Tom. But in terms like of the data docket- It's like caravan park this Christmas. <laughs> Indeed. In terms of the data docket today, we've got an update on retail sales. Why that one's important is we get the quarterly number, the June quarter. We're expecting to see volumes fall by 0.5% in the quarter. So there'll be a drag on economic growth. Also, at the same time, we get an update on international trade. A trade surplus of $10.5 billion is expected. New vehicle sales are issued, and we get the Judo Bank Services Purchasing Manager Index. Computer share hosts an annual general meeting, and Arena REIT pays investors its dividend. A great day to look forward to. There'll be plenty going on. Make sure that you tune in to Stevie and Laura this afternoon, who will keep you appraised of everything that happened today. Thanks for tuning in this morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.